Scott, I uh, I've been thinking a lot about you know things going on in the world uh, related to the the good old Koof Koofid Koof, and uh, just noticing patterns about uh, what's going on. And you know, we've talked. I think our first episode. This might be. Is this our first episode of Slow Grift, or maybe the second? Officially, I think it's. Is this a, Is it our first? I don't know. We don't know. Either yet. way, yeah. uh, slow grifts. This is my <laughs> slow introduction to slow grifts. I guess that's uh, fitting in some way. But yeah, um, on the first episode of our podcast, I think, yeah, that's when I brought in the cult stuff yeah. and uh, how we were analyzing the similarities between what's going on and this characteristics of cults. Mm-hmm. And another issue that I've noticed because, you know, the mass formation stuff really took off with uh, Robert Malone on Joe Rogan yeah, and um, uh, Mark McDonald. I just read his book, actually, which is uh, United States of Fear, How America Fell Victim to a Mass Delusional Psychosis. Uh, very, very good book. That, that's I, written about I, current times. Yes, nice, it's nice. about COVID. Okay. Um, so he actually, I think even before Matthias Desmond, the the psychiatrist or psychologist from belgium yeah belgium? yeah he uh i think mark mcdonald may have coined the term before him at least in relation to covid um but some other uh, or another aspect that i've noticed that i don't think i've heard enough people talk about is how people are suffering from mass stockholm syndrome it's like, uh, you know, and Stockholm syndrome is where you bond with your captor and you pretty much defend your abuser. Uh, was mm-hmm. coined. Patty Hearst. The, uh, right? uh, no, actually, it was before that because it was in Stockholm. There was a bank robbery uh-huh. and the hostages bonded with their captors, even falling in love with them romantically. I think oh. uh, there's another component of that. And then Patty Hearst is an, another uh, example of that. Um, but I feel like. Basically, that's what's happened um, in large part for the people who are still in the narrative, still defending it. They're defending people such as Fauci and their local public health officials, their governors and mayors Mm -hmm. who are either locking them down, mandating they wear masks, mandating they wear whatever. And because obviously it's for their safety, you know, we we know that we know the drill, but Mm -hmm. they're clearly defending their captors and um, other people's captors, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The everyone's captors, and to be honest, they're the ones upholding the the whole thing to begin with. Mm-hmm. And a huge component of it is, I think, Stockholm syndrome. So I was like, ah, let's let's uh, let's dive into this and let's watch watch some stuff on it. And I I think I got some good I got some good stuff for you all right, today. All right. All right. Um. So I want to start with this video I found this YouTuber inner integration. Um, okay, coincidentally, her last video on YouTube 10 months ago was with Mark McDonald. But this video, I will preface by saying, uh, she came out with this five years ago, so she, I think, she does a lot of work into narcissistic abuse and trauma bonding and that sort of thing. So, uh, she's she does a really good job of explaining what Stockholm syndrome is, um, from a psychological perspective and then you know and i think 
uh, I, I'm going to get my bell ready here. Um, okay. Because there's there's plenty of things I think we can all we can just see again. Five years ago, just want to preface that. So let's go ahead and play this. Yeah. Spooky. Hey everybody. Today I want to talk about the Stockholm syndrome, also known as trauma bonding, and why this is important if you have been in a narcissistically abusive relationship or what to look out for when you suspect that someone that you know is in one of these relationships. The Stockholm Syndrome came from a bank robbery in Stockholm, Sweden, where they found that the people who were captured ended up developing empathy and a sense of almost like wanting to defend their abuser, falling in love with their abuser, with their captor in this situation. And you can see how this applies to narcissistic abuse, to so many different situations, but in particular, narcissistic abuse. Why? Well, Stockholm Syndrome has four criteria. The first one being there's a perceived threat to your life where the victim feels like the abuser or the captor could in fact kill them. And this might be a physiological, a physical threat. They feel that they're actually going to die. They're going to kill their body. It might be a psychological threat. They might just fear that they're going to die. It might be a sense of like soul death where they're destroying your soul or a sense of identity theft where they are destroying your entire sense of self. So uh, I think, you know, in this situation, if we're saying the, the captors, the abusers are the uh, people in positions of power in the government, the mm-hmm. Fauci's and the public health officials, uh, they're not they're not necessarily the ones saying I'm going to kill you, but this right. virus is going to kill you. And let me uh, also threaten your, your existential, your, your whole existence. Let me threaten your identity of what it means to be a human and what it means to be a friend and family member and what you're allowed to do the uh, they've definitely, and also just threatening your life through, uh, through the virus as the virus is almost their proxy to, to do its bidding. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they get, get what they want, but odds, uh, uh, number one, adding up there. Could this could this also be like, I mean, let's let's say the virus is the captor. Could people also be falling in love with the virus, especially when we hear language talked about like, the virus is so smart, you know it. It, uh-huh. it knows how to move. It knows it knows where to look. It comes at you. <laughs> you know, like yeah. There's a lot of defense about how prevalent and how threatening this virus is lurking around every corner yeah i don't know it's attacking with laser laser precision the unvaccinated yes personifying it causes tsunamis yeah 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 osterholm likes his uh weather it's like hey mike you're you're getting too much into the climate change stuff let's save that for the next one (laughs) right (laughs) mixed metaphors oh all right let's continue all right The second criteria of Stockholm Syndrome is an act of kindness. When the captor or abuser extends a small offer of kindness, we're saving your life. The person being held. Yeah, and I'm letting you. I'm letting you see your family again. We can take off the masks now, guys. Uh, Oh, oh, (sighs) yeah. Only in the summertime, though. Doctor Fauci, is it okay (laughs) that when we're at home for for Christmas? and I want to hug grandma. Can I do Ugh. that? Yeah, of course. Uh, of course yeah, I mean, can. you must, you might as well put your, your grown adult uh, friends and family members as those children. Cause that's basically, yeah. 
That's basically what's happening. You can do it as long as you're masked and double <laughs> Check the card. Go outside. Wear, you know, don't hug. Have a quick meal. Don't sing. No singing here. All right. To the victim in the relationship, that perceived kindness then tricks the brain, confuses the brain. The third criteria the brain. of Stockholm yep. Syndrome yeah. is the isolation, where wow. the captor or the abuser has isolated the victim or the hostage from the perceptions of other people. And this is a classic abuse maneuver where the abuser will always isolate the victim. They will triangulate people in your life away from you. They will make you jealous or paranoid or afraid of people in your life, people who actually care for you. Yeah. They will physically isolate you. They mm -hmm. might move you to a new place in some way, like get rid of your cell phone, somehow isolate you from connecting with the outside world. Or it might just be this very covert kind of manipulation where, you know, say you spend most of your time with this abusive person and like the rare times, like the one time, the rare times when you make plans to go see a friend, a sister, a brother, a cousin, someone who actually cares about you, you wanna go do something with other people, they will purposely sabotage that. Like before you're going out, they will make you so upset that you either lose it and you feel so horrible that you can't even leave the house and you can't go out and then they get you because they keep you stuck at home. Or you do go out and then you feel so horrible while you're out that you can't have a good time, you can't really connect with the other person, and you're so fearful that you don't actually tell them what's going on. Which, uh, I mean, gee, like, have you, have you been out tried to go out to dinner with somebody who's terrified of COVID. They kind of act like they can't, oh, actually, they yeah. can't not think about it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I generally, I don't, I don't go out to eat because it's just a shit show in Colorado. Now with the mask or vax, it's just not even worth it. Hey. Um, so, but yeah, when you go out with those types of people, it's like, they're uh, Wait, it's preoccupied mask. with safety. Oh my God. I don't know. They didn't sit. They, they took, they didn't put the mask on when they, when they stood up immediately. Yeah. Where the, where the N95? Oh, honey. It's just like, Oh my God. Like you're just possessed by this. Yeah. I went out to eat with uh, somebody who was pretty, pretty I mean, they, they're, they're the type that would isolate in the basement and come up and oh, grab no. the food oh, off no. the top of the stairs or whatever. And we were going, we were walking into the place after like being outside unmasked, not being masked anywhere, but like walking into the restaurant, he was like pulling out his mask and kind of showing it to me. And he's like, huh? 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 <laughs> I'm like, nah, it's good. Nobody gives a shit in this spot. It's just like, uh, yeah. a lot so there's that isolation aspect where they don't want you to hear other people's which i do think is interesting that there's a uh, overlap with this and the mass formation with the isolation um so yeah isolation really. seems to be the key key component it, it, here yeah my, of mind control for sure yeah because other people who are healthy who are looking in on that who actually care about you they will call this out they will recognize the signs of this the fourth criteria for Stockholm Syndrome is the perceived inability to escape, where the victim 
the hostage feels like there's no escape, there's no way out. This is where the learned helplessness comes in. The victim feels like it's hopeless, like they can never get out. You know, maybe they got roped in financially to this person, the abuser didn't want them to get a job or told them to quit their job or sabotaged their reputation at work and they lost their job or just maybe they're self-employed, they're an entrepreneur, they have their own business and they just feel so crappy because of all this abuse that they can't put that energy into their business, the business is failing, they don't have the financial resources to get out. I'm so tired, I'm so, so tired of the pandemic. Yeah, this is this one I think is they're they're really trying to get this one hitting home. Mm-hmm. Just wearing people down with this thing. Yeah, I mean I'm fucking worn down by be honest. Yeah, everyone is really. Yeah. Even though it's like we're worn down for a different reason. Sure, you're worn down because you're following this nonsense and you can't realize that. Gee, that, that maybe I should change because this is driving everyone insane. But but no, it's literally you know we've had people say this to us who are in the narrative narrative and they're like um oh there's it's we're never gonna get herd immunity it's never gonna be gone it's, it's always gonna be here so it's, it's like no yeah i mean uh, even if that's the case then okay then we need to learn to live with it right like Ooh. we're gonna get we're all gonna get it no but it's not i can't yeah like, okay well then you, it's that learned helplessness is like oh which starts in the school system sure uh, but you know it's just continued now with well, this yeah, the learned helplessness here in this situation, I think, is being formed through the people that are doing everything, getting double jabbed and boosted. I'm, I'm doing everything that I can, yeah. and it's this is still not going away. It's still not working. I thought, I, what did I do wrong? Right. Or, yeah, that I'm, too. Am I a bad person, Dr. Fauci? Man, that's and that's where the empathy, I think, is going to kick in, especially if they're, that, that uh, rumor is true and they're going to pull this thing. Right. People yeah. are going to lose their shit. Yeah. I mean, oh, my God, I know. Well, that's that's part of the SPARS uh, pandemic document. It's like they have to admit to the people that the, the vaccine may have harmed them. Uh, but oh, it's that's for, in it's the like, SPARS? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. At the end of the SPARS pandemic planning exercise, that thing's a mind, mind fuck to go through. Um, it's something which, funny enough, oh, this is a fun thing. A callback from an earlier episode. I think her name was uh, Monica Shockspana mm -hmm. from uh, Johns Hopkins. How she's in one of those talks? Well, she was she was the the person who ran it. Yeah, interesting, huh? Yeah, uh, yeah. But, she's, and she's deep in that. She's she's a oh roller. yeah, oh yeah. It's well, the J hops. Yeah. So, in the document, uh, yeah, at the end of the spars outbreak the government rushes the vaccine through and then has to admit like oh yeah there was the and the adverse reactions in the spars pandemic start popping up like the like the more chronic ones like about oh. a year out so here we are um and the fact that pfizer is going to release all that information which i'm kind of surprised about like well, the, the stuff they're to. trying to hide yeah yeah yeah, right, which I it's like maybe they're gonna stall, but maybe uh this the timing wise, I think I want to say two years into the vaccine deployment is when they pretty much have to admit that like people got harmed. Wow. So we're not there. We're not what there yet. Fuck. But um, that was in 2018. That spars. 2017. Oh wow. Right around the time that I I believe uh our good friend Fauci said there's gonna that Trump's gonna have a surprise uh, pandemic, right? Yeah, 2017 um, was probably because he knew about. It. A busy year 
Yeah, well, they were shifting to the, the chessboard around, as it were. Yeah, it started um, off with the, the He Will Not Divide Us psyop. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. That was crazy. Oh, God. Crazy. We need, a, we need one for Brandon, but just like a joke, like still continue to make fun of uh, whatever that guy's name is. Uh, yeah, but the beauty of the, the He Will Not Divide Us is that it brought a lot of people together. That's true. And um, a lot of, you know woodworkers or wood you know people in the woodwork that come out especially in new york city i mean albuquerque i don't know if you know the chronology of it but when it moved to albuquerque it got a little nuts oh interesting i didn't know that got a little more a little more raw um but yeah new york city you know that's when you had all the all the the poll from reddit group coming out and the sjw's and then they would all just kind of <laughs> congregate together oh, and argue. Oh, it was beautiful. It's beautiful. That, that would be a uh, it's a fun project to start up again. It's yeah, yeah. Maybe another time. Let's uh, Trump's second term. They'll do it again. Yeah, yeah, right. Oh boy. It could be it could be a legal thing. Often when I hear from men, it's usually because they're in a relationship with a very toxic partner and they have children with this woman and the whole system is set up against the man. The system is set up against the man admitting the words, I'm being abused at the hands of a woman. It's set up such that the man does not get help from domestic violence shelters. It's set up such that the man already has a huge battle ahead of him in the family courts, which tend to take the side of the woman. And they just don't realize that there's abuse taking place. So I hear this happening a lot where people just feel this this sense of helplessness, like they can't get out, they feel like they can't get out. And that's another part of feeling like you're trapped in this Stockholm Syndrome in the trauma bond. Mm. The Stockholm Syndrome, the quick. trauma bond, this wow. is why Oops, people... Yeah, that, that goes back to a previous episode. I think it was just the last episode you were talking about how the... Uh, the males in a lot of these relationships when they're uh-huh. when their lady get all riled up about the rona and the threat they just kind of kind of take a take a seat and right and the lack and of- again and that was uh mark mcdonald's uh theory that the guy that she's the last literally her last one of her last youtube videos which i wonder what happened to her i don't know like, yeah 10 months ago you said about 10 months ago yeah i just watched it today but yeah the basically the beta uh, I don't know if it's a beta hypothesis, but just that, that uh, when they defer and they don't, when you're not an actual equal partner in a relationship and you're just deferring to your wife all the time, who's wears the pants in the relationship. And then she freaks out and you're all, you're accustomed to capitulating to her. Mm-hmm. Then you can't stand up for like, Hey, wait, maybe we should think more about this. Um, yeah. Which I think this yeah. this pattern does play out, you know, outside of that relationship, whether it's like in gay partners, uh, like that, you know, there are more masculine, feminine, and that might be easier for some people to digest it instead of like the traditional gender roles, whatever. But I do think that uh, that pattern is definitely present. Yeah. Uh, and I yeah. think it's contributing to this. Yeah. And to your point in relationship to this where it's the the system is set up against men to begin with and then you have you kind of couple that with with a relationship where you're you're taking the kind of the back seat to your partner as a male uh-huh. i can see why you know well i can't see why but i can i can empathize with why you know a lot of males just kind of 
give up. Yeah, happy wife, happy life, right? Yeah, you sound yeah. really happy, dude. That doesn't sound uh, functional to me. That okay? No. Seems like you've given up and yeah. you can't advocate for yourself. It's okay. It's okay to sometimes disagree with your wife. It's it's yes. what she wants sometimes. It's also exciting. <laughs> People, everyone, when you're being hysterical, whoever it is, you won't be called up by your significant other. So that's it's holding each other accountable. It's yeah, exactly. what, you, what you should do, but. People can't leave. This is why they keep going back, why they get sucked back like a rubber band effect. Like they get away and then and they're doing great and you're talking to them and it's it's amazing. They have no contact with the abuser. And then all of a sudden they hear from the abuser and it's like that rubber band effect. They're right back in that relationship and you're going, Oh my god, all that progress, all that time that you got away. What happened? Which I've had this experience with people who they seem to be pulling away from the narrative and then they just like you know, it actually, no, it's fine. I think they're okay. Let's, and then they get dragged back in. And that was even before COVID. Like, yeah, I mean, them thought somebody was red pilled and they're like, oh, Jesus, they weren't. They just fell back into There's it. always an event that, that follows. And in, in the case of COVID, I think it's the variance. I think, yeah, maybe that's the, the design purpose of them is to snap people back. And yeah, it's true. It is. Yeah, to continue that's, it's new. Right. <laughs> you know, start the fear cycle all of, over again. Remember the unknown? There's so much we don't know about this. Like, yeah. okay, I, just, like, I guess it'll work for to pull those ha possible hangers on back into it. But yeah, tons of them. Yeah. Stockholm syndrome is what happened. This is a primal defense mechanism to survive, right? It's like this. This is the primal method that the human brain and the nervous system reacts in these kinds of situations to keep you alive. And the hook here, like the real hook here, is that kindness, the perceived kindness. So, you know, that goes along with that intermittent reinforcement where at first the abuser idealizes and love bombs and gives you all this positive stuff and then they start in with the devaluation, with the meanness, the cruelty, putting you down, you know, all of that kind of behavior. But then they're very careful to keep dosing you with those little things of kindness. Like maybe you come home and they went out to your favorite restaurant and they brought you that food or they brought you your favorite drink or they offered you, you know, a ride to the airport or something like that. They offer to help you in some way. And that's where it gets really tricky. Do not accept help from people that you know are abusive because that help always comes with an ulterior motive. Government, anyone? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Mandates, anyone? Free burgers, free yada yada. Fries, and donuts. We're going to try to take your job. Uh... Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. All the people who are like, yeah, man, government doesn't care. It's, just, it's, you know, all it's like, oh, the, well, yeah, actually they did. Uh, that's the one thing they care about. Even the, and it's so funny on the left. It's like, you guys, you have this narrative about healthcare and the government's just letting people die. And then like, but the one time, the one medication they'll give you for free. Yeah. And, the and you don't question the means. that. And justify the means in this point. Cause I, I think they're destroying the healthcare system and get to socialize medicine. Oh, uh, you, you're probably right. Yeah. It's a big, yeah. big win for a lot of the, you know, the liberal uh, minds. And I, I, my, my brother said that to me uh, at the start of the pandemic. He's like, well, if there's one benefit from COVID, it might be that uh, we get to socialize healthcare. Like, Fuck. Oh, that's great. Like word yeah, that's... for word of what was in my head of what they might say. Wow. Yeah. Uh, oh really yeah yeah that's yeah and to your to the npc episode uh 
Um, so yeah, it's, and that's, I, you know, like the Jimmy doors of the world. I love uh, a lot of what he's saying when regards to at least like red pilling some people on the left. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I just can't, especially with them shutting you out of like what, so what you want to monopolize a healthcare system, uh, that's already shutting people out of being able to like even receive any care granted i'm not trying to defend the u.s system because it's completely flawed in its own way um but you know seeing what's going on in other countries is like why would you want to give your abuser more control over your health i i i don't understand like i think the alternative would be more decentralized all uh options but where people just start their own clinics who got kicked out of all the hospitals you know it's like but you know the ama doesn't want that to happen American Medical Association. So yeah, but if, we, if we're talking Stockholm syndrome in here, and you know, we might have uncovered a kind of a new, well, it's not new, but like a terminology of like long, like long Stockholm syndrome. Like we, yeah, long, we, long. Yeah, there you go. You know, like we got to look back twenty years, see how this th- these effects have been with people for a mm-hmm. long time, and like totally. Oh, and yeah. the learned helplessness as far as health, like people aren't empowered to take care of their own health. They are not empowered to grow their own food. You'll read mm-hmm. countless articles pop up on your on your feed, but oh, how, how vitamin D? But there's so much information that you can't if you if you're suffering from learned helplessness and you can't parse that information oh, you, into anything yeah, useful. You don't even try. Right. You don't even try. You're just like, just give me the pill, give me the shot. Yeah. The like, where's a dietitian I can pay money to to help me right. with this, you know? And can someone push can can I just have all right, let me just mail the food to you. I'll they'll chew it for you too. You know, like <laughs> you don't even have to worry about eating your broccoli. We already ate it for you. Okay. Yeah. It's called broccoli credits. All right. It's carbon it's like carbon trading, you know. Get some money. So like, hey, I'm not going to get healthy, but I'll pay someone to get healthy. At right, or at least make that. me feel like I'm trying to be healthy, you know? Yeah. Um, it's all about the feels. Yeah, I, that's the thing. Like, it's why I've detached from most of uh, what I used to believe regarding socialized policies like the in theory it'd be great yeah but yeah. i don't trust the people running the government right now and until they prove me wrong i'm definitely not going to give them more control over my sure. life and then so i'm not going to beg that. for give me crumbs please give me the student loans or this or that like you know they're not going to do it so like just do what you can for yourself form the parallel structures and uh let the system in itself collapse because where it's heading not in a scary way necessarily, but you know, it's, it's not going to have to look at collapses. This big thing is so we, then we can build back better. Like actually, I'm just yeah, kidding, like, yeah, actually genuinely, but a, a genuine, a real bit of BBB, yeah. which we wouldn't use that. Like we'd come up with something else, but right. Um, called growth <laughs> and development called natural, uh, just uh, natural law. I don't yeah. know. Abusive people know that if they extend a small perceived kindness, which they don't care about, they don't mind doing that, they don't mind being all fake and pretending like this is something that they wanna give to you, like they just put that ego totally aside, like there's no pride there. They're happy to help you, why? Because they know it's gonna hook you. They know if they do something kind, if they give you one of these gestures and you need their help especially, they know that they got you. 
So be really cautious with that. I think the worst part about the Stockholm Syndrome is that what it really reinforces is that no one believes you. You know, and especially if you're involved with one of these covert types of narcissists where, you know, they're not overt, they're not out there, they're not out in the open about their narcissism, they're not bragging about their narcissism. In the community, they're pretending to be like this very exemplary figure and everyone admires them and looks up to them and thinks amazing things about them and maybe they appear to even have some kind of like normal role in the community or like some kind of, you know, leadership position at work and then maybe you're the person at work that they target and nobody wants to believe you because everybody else only sees the great parts about this person. That, uh, that explains my last two jobs before <laughs> I took a jump on my own. Yeah. Full of narcissists. The first mm. one, they're all in the same company, two different businesses. The first one I had, or just one total narcissist and he he did the same thing everybody thought he was great he moved up he became you know just like this uh, like ideal picture of like equity yeah equity and um yeah and then the second job i had three all they're all bosses they're all managers three <laughs> narcissists mm. that and and this perceived kindness was all over the place is so true at least from how I saw it. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's a mask. <laughs> funny, uh, funny enough. Yeah, and everybody loved him. Or, you know, you're in this relationship. Maybe it's an intimate relationship with this person, but like everybody else in society thinks they're amazing and they don't want to mm -hmm. believe you. And it just reinforces this whole thing of feeling so alone. And you feel so alone, you feel so isolated because when you do share that with people, when you try to tell people what's actually going on, nobody wants to mm -hmm. believe you. And this just becomes very, very damaging to the psyche of the victim because if you go out there and you tell people and people are like, you're just overreacting, I'm sure you're just imagining that, you're blowing it out of proportion, you just can't let it go. That sounds like conspiracy theory. Yeah. And so in like... this... At the, here, the the I think the problem is not the narcissist at all. It's the other people. It's the normies. Mm -hmm. Because like that kind of reaction, I'll never get. If somebody comes up to me, and I'm not like tooting my own horn, but being empathetic, I mean, if somebody, I don't know. I just realize that if somebody comes to me, I didn't just realize. I realize this in general. Is if somebody comes to me and, and starts talking like this crazy talk, or quote unquote that they're probably telling the truth because why would they be saying that, you know? Yeah, why? I know. Why would somebody just come out and talk bad about somebody that everybody else seems to love? Well, think about that with, like, Larry Nassar, the MSU gymnast, uh, like, guy who was molesting girls. Like, that must have happened so many times where it's like, no, Larry? He's Not Larry. nice. Yeah. I, he oh, he, he, he comes over to dinner and hangs out. He's great with my kids. Yeah. He's always he spends extra time with my daughter. Oh, wait, uh, yeah. How did like? But that stuff has gone on since the dawn of time, mm -hmm. and it's it's quite amazing. I mean, we with priests and with politicians and with, but in so many aspects, not just like sexual abuse, but just generally being abusive. We we're like, is that person abusive? But if they're they maintain that image, but in reality, they're 
you know, like that it's, and it's not that quite, quite the same situation obviously as COVID because it's more like people not connected to the guy as much as you are like, Oh no. Mm -hmm. But in a roundabout way, it's like, no, they're defending him because why, why would they be, why would they delegitimize your experience? I mean, to your point, yeah, I'd feel the same way. Like I wouldn't be like, no, I'd be like, really? Wow. wow, Tell me, like, tell me what's going on. Yeah. And I think it's a, well, maybe not maturity, but it's, I think, how people can handle cognitive dissonance and to what degree definitely is involved in this kind of thing because the cognitive dissonance is your perspective versus some your cumulative perspective of one person that may be a narcissist versus one person's telling you one experience they had with this person you can't in order to hold your experiences um, you can't consider theirs Whereas for me, I understand that my experiences might not be true. You know, my Mm -hmm. cumulative experiences of a person, depending on the person and how well I know them. But, you know, like if somebody came to me and said, oh, Collins, he's abusing me and stuff like this, I probably would defend you in my head. You know, sure. And just maybe pacify that person and then maybe talk to you about it but like <laughs> yeah you yeah, know try to verify yeah but if you know there's somebody i've been just hanging out with casually i really like them and this and that and then somebody else from a different perspective comes and tells me a story about them i don't necessarily hold my perspective at such a high regard that i can't consider another person's opinion mm-hmm. or or situation or experience either yeah, and everyone has their own biases. I mean, we've had sure. friends that get like accused of something, or like they're you know, and you're like, no, that that couldn't be it. And then sometimes you're like, like but in fairness, you're forced to challenge your own biases, and a lot of people just don't want to do that. Yeah. So they yeah. just pass it off, and especially in this situation, because God forbid the guy who I've looked up to, maybe I bought the pillow of uh, the guy, and you know, I'm a you know a governor or something, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like that's hard that's hard for people to wrap their head around that the person who they thought was their savior was actually their like captor the guy that was putting them into the situation and mm-hmm. that's the hardest part which we're, we're gonna get into this is uh, okay. i have many uh things to dive into so i'm gonna continue on this okay and they say these things, you know, and then and then if you start internalizing that and start to believe that, that is very damaging to the healing process because the healing process has two things at the very foundation. One is safety. You have to feel safe, not just in your physical environment, but also in your emotional environment. And that means are you able to be truthful with yourself? Are you able to be around people that you trust, that love you, that have your back? Do you have your back? Do you feel safe with yourself? The second one is truth. Truth is what set you free. Truth is what helps you realize what happened and make sense of what happened, understand what happened. And sharing that truth with other people is paramount to the healing journey. That's why you need to have a support network, people who get it, people who understand, people who validate you. Not like the societal temptation and pattern, which is to blame the victim for what happened. Five years ago, again, uh, (laughs) amazing. It's just these deep patterns uh, are playing out, blaming the victim. Um, Gee, 
uh, any any clues there like is it the person are we blaming the guys who've lied to us and who promised something that didn't come true and uh, all that no no we're gonna blame the people who didn't take it uh because that that's relevant um or so or even yeah. even people that come out and say that they've had adverse reactions they're liars they're uh -huh. you know oh yeah they're just making it up they're just grifting right you're encouraging the anti-vaxxers why because i'm being honest about it right like i mean that's like the highest form of gaslighting I, it's unbelievable but exactly yeah you know, and if you're hanging out with people who won't allow you to speak your truth, if you're hanging out with people who don't believe your truth, you're setting yourself back from healing. You need to get away from those people. You need to be around positive people, uplifting people, unconditionally loving people who support you in your truth and help you heal and get better. The only other possibility is to fall back into the denial. And that's very dangerous because the denial isn't healing. The denial is repression. It's resistance, and it's only going to get worse the longer you stay in denial. Uh, yep. <laughs> going on two years now. Yeah, it's it's uh, well, and I, I said this uh, to Carly. I was like, you know, um, the longer people stay in this narrative, the crazier they're going to become. And I, I mean, it's playing out in i'm seeing it in family and friends it's just because it's not it's not a sustainable narrative to wrap your head around and to like justify when it doesn't make any sense i mean the only thing so the only thing that keeps people in the narrative is to do what she's saying is to deny and go back into stockholm syndrome yeah, because yeah. uh it's helping it's helping them uh, maintain their their world be like no they i know it doesn't make sense and it seems like i'm being abused but you know it's just there i can't accept the alternative so obviously it's for my benefit it's just denying and that's the temptation really here is the cognitive dissonance because it's like on one hand this person is incredibly abusive and does these horrible things and when you look at the bigger patterns you just see like this person is an abusive person and then on the other hand what you see is that there's like these intermittent acts of kindness like this person does these things that seems like they care about you. It appears that they care about you and it confuses your mind when you're trying to hold on to both of these things. Well, it's this and it's this. They're abusive and they're kind, but it's all a big picture and that's the thing because that cognitive dissonance will keep you stuck. That cognitive dissonance will encourage you to go back into the denial. The cognitive dissonance is what like short circuits the brain, like it fries the brain where you're going back and forth and back and forth and you're like, Dzz. I think we've all experienced this talking to people in the narrative. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I want to point out if there's any narcissist listening to this, just, just turn it off. We don't want to encourage you and give you uh, life skills <laughs> over here. Yeah. You, you shouldn't learn more in depth about this. Okay? I mean, I, I mean, maybe you should and take glue, but you probably yeah. won't. And then you're right back in the denial. You've slid right back into the denial. You've gone through the abuse amnesia where you've forgotten the abusive parts and now you're just you know rationalizing how this is a good person Ooh, and they're really trying amnesia. to get better and they're really sorry mm. and they're really making efforts and that's a very very dangerous place to be 
So I just wanted to put this out there to let you know what to look out for with the Stockholm Syndrome, with the trauma bonding, how to recognize this within yourself. Like, Because there, there is a point where you can catch those moments of lucidity where you're like, you know, this is just like that video I watched where that woman was saying, if this and that are happening, and then if that and that are happening, it's probably this and watch out for this. This is me. This is that voice telling you, this is what to watch out with Stockholm Syndrome. This is what trauma bonding is. This is why it's so dangerous. And this is why you wanna go back. This is why one text, one email that you receive and look at will just suck you right back. And this is why you don't want to answer those emails. This is why you don't even want to read those communications coming from the abuser. This is why you want to delete and block. And of course, a lot of these people are going to make up fake Facebook profiles or fake Twitter accounts or get some kind of unlisted or private number or call you from a payphone. Do those things even exist? I think so. But they'll find any sort of way of calling you from another number if they suspect that you're blocking them and that you don't want to talk to them. So, you know, my my advice to all that is screen all your calls you know if you've got a cell phone it just tells you the number it doesn't tell you who that is let that go to voicemail let it go to voicemail if that's important if that's some you know person or situation that needs to get your attention they're gonna leave a voicemail for you and you can call them back do not answer that call if I were you I would get a brand new number I wouldn't keep that same number because so yeah she is that that's kind of the the meat of the, the substance of yeah, it but yeah um, yeah, I mean, you know, people just need to literally, there's so many memes out there, like, how do you, how do we get rid of uh, COVID and just turn off the TV, you know, just mm -hmm. stop listening to your abusers. Mm -hmm. But um, that one little act of kindness, or like you said, with the variants, that one little like, hey, I got your fear porn again. Uh, mm -hmm. You want to trust me? I shut you down again. Yeah, I got yeah, a new yeah. stick. It's a wearing N95. Did I tell you? Did I tell you wearing N95 now? That's so crazy. Hey, They're so hard. Somebody, to find. Li somebody listen, still listening to Crazy Uncle Tony? Like, yeah, some people, unfortunately, they people. just really they can't let go. You know, Uncle Tony's just got. He fucking just comes out of the blue every every time. There, <laughs> he pulls them right back in with the latest uh, latest virus talk. Uh, it's just it's, yeah. That's insane. And that, that trauma amnesia she was talking about is that so much trauma happens that you just can't, I, I even forget because I was, I can just generalize say, yeah, you know, they've been duping us. People are like, well, give me an example. Well, there's so <laughs> many. Yeah. That, like, where do you begin? Where do you begin? <laughs> exactly. And yeah, I can, I can relate to that. Um, so this is, it's this, a lot of people's oops, worst. Sorry. Um, this video kind of continues on uh, explaining, I think, more like how you get out of it. Let, let me just, I bookmarked it for this point. So mm -hmm. let me okay. start here. We're affected in some special way because of this unusual positive bond. We also don't know whether Stockholm Syndrome itself was harmful beyond what you'd expect from being held hostage. There are some common themes to when people experience it, and that's been studied a little more. Typically, the person was isolated, felt that their life was in their captor's hands, and felt like they couldn't escape. 
And maybe most importantly, they also saw some kindness, however small. In 2007, an examination of case studies by American researchers collaborating with the FBI suggested that if the captor treated the hostages well, Stockholm Syndrome was more likely to happen. Even just a small kindness, like not being treated as badly as they possibly could have been. For example, in Moscow in 2002, over 800 people in a theater were held captive for three days by a group of 40 terrorists. The terrorists provided food, water, and medicine, and let a lot of children go. Five weeks after it ended, a research team from Russia, the US, and Belarus interviewed 11 of the hostages. 10 of them showed signs of Stockholm Syndrome, saying things like they felt bad that the terrorists were killed and that some of them were good-looking. The good treatment seemed to be very important to their opinions. So we don't know exactly what people experience with Stockholm Syndrome or how it impacts their life afterward. And at least for now, it can't be considered an official disorder. But we're pretty sure the phenomenon exists, even though it's rare. <laughs> when people experience these... <laughs> rare. I just, I giggle at that word now. <laughs> yeah. It's rare. It's rare. Uh-huh stressful hostage situations, they might end up feeling positively toward their captor, especially if the captor was kind. The question is, why do people end up with those good feelings? Being slightly less awful to them at some point doesn't seem like it should be enough. There's still the fact that their captors took them hostage in the first place. One reason is that it might be helpful for managing stress. In 1994, a group of researchers from Virginia and Illinois conducted an experiment where 57 airline employee volunteers were fake kidnapped by a group of FBI agents who acted as terrorists and held them for four days. Everyone knew it was fake, but it was still very stressful for the subjects. The researchers found that when hostages managed their stress by focusing on their emotions, they developed more positive bonds with the captors. There you go. Mm -hmm. Focusing on their emotions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Fear. I'm going to, you know, like you, your children could die. Your grandma could die. Uh, so they're, they're all into their emotional re response. And then, Hey, I, I know what you can do. You can stay home. You can stay home for 15 days. That's all it takes. Oh, okay. He says just 15 days. Yeah. It's, I mean, this is just basic, like, emotional manipulation but well, yeah, uh, I, yeah i find it interesting in this scenario too well, what are they saying there about the the expectation when they when they when it turns out to be not as bad as they thought it could be is it was that said something like that uh yeah it was something like the 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 situation was a lot better than they expected it to be and to me that just signals like okay so we had trump for like three years everyone's on there biting their nails you know just stressed out that god just don't let anything happen don't let a war happen because he'll just be crazy and kill us all and so when this virus hit that's probably everybody's first reaction was like oh my god we're all gonna die right and then to have well, they're already primed yeah, yeah they were primed. already primed and so when then you had these these stockholm fellows come out the fauci's and all of them you know, and they were so nice and sweet, and some of them were good looking, like Slouchy, so yeah. such a good looking yeah. guy. For a, you yeah, know? for that for age. And it was like they had to do the very minimum, which was repeat yeah. mask and social distance mm -hmm. and wash your hands. That's all they had to do. And people just thought they were so nice. To, <laughs> I know. Because they weren't Trump. And yeah, it totally. Uh, God, it's. <laughs> I was just thinking about that, how. Uh, the focus and obsession with orange, orange Hitler fascism under Trump yeah. gave people, yeah. for one, a false understanding of what fascism even constituted. Exactly. And then allowed for them to, once they were so dr driven insane by a guy who actually, in comparison, 
in the grand scheme of things, like, I mean, look at the U.S. now versus prior to COVID. Is like, I mean, it's hard to it's hard to judge that. Obviously, the virus has done some stuff, and you know, the shutdowns and lockdowns. But mm-hmm. um, regardless, like, was it really that bad compared to what the media made it out to be? I mean, obviously, people who didn't have TDS, who may, I mean, I never voted for the man, but I was never right. like, oh, oh, like, no, right. guys, yeah. this is this is all meant to divide us right now, and. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think a lot of people were primed to then accept the real fascist who's doing all the things that people were terrified that Trump would do. Right. Because right. now it's like, oh, yeah, but at least he's not on Twitter. And that's that's the extent of it. That's literally, honestly, I mean, what? maybe we could have just kept Trump as president and they could have banned him from social media. And then if the media stopped reporting on him, you know, but they wouldn't. Nobody would have known. Yeah. And like yeah. I, I, in large part, ignored him for. I mean, yeah. the only thing I thought about with him mostly was his. He was so horny about five G, and I was like, "Oh, that's, oh, that's yeah. not good." You know, I, I just yeah, no, it's just not good. But yeah, and then I didn't start really focusing on it until like all the backlash, because like when this pandemic hit, I thought he was making some reasonable suggestions and moves. Sure. And yeah, then the, especially with you know, hydroxychloroquine, sure, maybe yeah. like oh, maybe we shut down travel, <gasps> right? Or maybe we look into like the whole drink bleach thing. What just oh, God. that's probably when I was like, man, <laughs> this poor guy, because like he didn't even say that he was just interested in yeah, possibly well, looking into things. People. It's the same very fine people. Now everyone remembers like he called them very fine people. Like he actually Ooh. didn't call those people. Yeah. That was also a wake doesn't up matter. call too. For people, me. people now are like, drink bleach, horse paste, drink. It, it doesn't, it doesn't like those people will always just be va- vapid vessels for narrative. They're not like that's the Ooh. NPC. Um, yeah, vapid vessels for narrative. Yeah, that could be a show title. VVNs. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's maybe for the NPC one. Let's just yeah. play this out who in turn tended to treat them better. Simply put, it made the experience less stressful. So Stockholm syndrome might exist and it might even be helpful or adaptive in some ways, at least during the event. So there- uh, yeah, so it's a, it's basically, uh, and then she just kind of goes on, but it's basically um, it, the reason that people get into it is it's preserva- self-preservation, survival. Because if the person who's... Um, holding you hostage and who could actually kill you or abuse you um, is viewed as like the evil person that they are in that moment, then it's probably not that it's like, Oh man, this is it probably makes it a lot more miserable. Cause like, Jesus, they could kill me at any moment as opposed to like, no, they're actually, they didn't, but they didn't kill me. And you know, maybe mm-hmm. they're, I know maybe they're just, they had a hard life and they just have to keep me hostage. Like, so it almost, it's a rationalization, which in, in the moment you could kind of view it as like a healthy form of dissociation or like trying to like, but that, but it's really not because it's kind of numbing your survival instinct Yeah. and like, Oh, you're, and you're going to identify with the person holding you hostage. Like that, that's going to lead to you never get being becoming free and screwing up all your value systems really. So, Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. but it, i thought it was interesting that it's like oh yeah i guess that makes sense it's a it's a benefit it's a benefit for them in this situ- situation we're all in is like for them not to see the people people as abusers because uh you know it's 
that's too scary. They're, uh, you know, it's, they just go back to no, it's for, for our benefit because um, otherwise it's too jarring. So, but uh, on the same level, it doesn't it also inhibit healing from trauma? Oh, totally. Did I use no, that word absolutely. Right? Inhibit to, yeah. to stop, prevent. Yeah. No, it's a negative. It's a coping strategy, but it's totally negative. Yeah. Because um, it's not healthy at all. Like, hey, yeah, someone can be like, no. It's denied. <laughs> I'm reality. sure a lot of people, c- clearly, a lot of people who develop Stockholm syndrome ha- were primed in their psyche to like accept it easier for one reason or another. And from a society level, if we're talking mass Stockholm syndrome, clearly Trump, again, was the a key part of the pre-existing condition, but also just science, science worship, uh, yeah. a worship yeah. of authority that goes outside of Trump and just, Oh, they would never do that. And just on the grander scheme of things, like somebody would have told us that they couldn't all be in on it. Like yeah. you really don't understand how this works do you. And you don't have any interest to, but not at all. So. They, they don't understand how a lot of things work. I don't think. No, they don't. And you know, they're just not curious people. They're yeah. unexamined life. Um, yeah. So I think, uh, this this guy uh this video is brought to you why does it do that that's just interesting like it doesn't fully load daniel's boyfriend just get into that um let's see where was this guy start i think it's 8 30. um play a little bit of this i'm uh, i'm trying to think if he's just talking about if it's actually a diagnosis. And later, there's a candle for him as his body lay in the local morgue. According to psychiatrist Dr. Frank Ochberg, who helped define the phenomenon for the FBI in Scotland Yard in the 1970s, Stockholm Syndrome develops as part of a coping strategy that helps characters adapt to a highly stressful situation. First, people experience something terrifying that just comes at them out of the blue. They are certain they are going to die. They then experience a type of infantilization, where, like a child, they are unable to eat, or go to the toilet without permission infantilization yes mm-hmm. yes yes i uh people are definitely not making decisions as adults these days right small acts of kindness prompt a primitive gratitude for the gift of life the hostages experience a powerful primitive positive feeling towards their captor they are in denial that this is the person who put them in that situation in their minds they think this is the person who is going to let them live. Wow. This process is similar to the techniques allegedly used by China and North Korea to brainwash captured American servicemen during the Korean War. According to survivor testimony, prisoners were first tortured and deprived of sleep and food in order to break their will. They were then made to perform small tasks for their captors, such as delivering mail or food, building a relationship of trust between captive and captor. These tasks grew progressively antithetical to their prisoners' own world views, such as writing or broadcasting anti-American propaganda, until the prisoner came to sympathize with captors cause as in the case of patty hearst the prisoners adapted their thinking in order to survive however despite its ubiquity in popular culture actually from a rare <laughs> there it is again rare rare um rare it's rare uh, this guy's got a hell of a beard and quite quite a way of talking is a little too too much for me mm-hmm. but um yeah the the next one is uh you know, just a fun little you know, Dr. Phil, just bringing it back to the relationship level. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll interlude here. Danielle's boyfriend, Justin, has taken away all her self-esteem and desire to do better. 
Before she met Justin, she was a talented hula hoop performer and had a lot of potential. Thanks to Justin, Danielle has nothing. Justin is 110% a narcissist. Justin is verbally, emotionally, financially, and physically abusive to my daughter. Danielle admitted to me that Justin punched her in the face and gave her a black eye. Justin has called her a whore, loser, slut, bitch. He's controlling. He's a sexual deviant. Justin lies to Danielle about anything and everything. If his lips are moving, he's lying. He told me he was a CEO of a music production company, which doesn't produce anything. Justin does use Bible scripture and her faith to manipulate Danielle. He claims that God speaks to him, and that's the direction that they should go in. I just thought he was delusional. Yeah, and it's science. I am science. Hmm. I am the science. There's no way God would ever speak to that boy. My daughter Danielle is stuck in a loop. She can't move on from her relationship with Justin, even though it's volatile and dangerous. The first time that Justin and Danielle came to visit our home, I noticed he could be abusive. One time, when I was visiting Danielle, I got to their apartment, the first thing I saw was that there was no bathroom door. It was just destroyed. I was really scared for my daughter. I called 911. He's gonna come home very soon and it's gonna be really bad. <laughs> okay, okay, you take a deep breath. He has choked her out to unconsciousness in the bed. Danielle thinks that she's so in love with Justin that she's willing to just dismiss his horrific behavior. I think Danielle is showing signs of Stockholm Syndrome because if I say anything negative against Justin, she gets really angry with me. Justin is a criminal and I have major concerns about my daughter. Uh, yeah, that, I wanted to play it for that clip because yeah. again, the, the denial and then also kind of similar to Plato's allegory of the cave where it's the sh shadows on the wall, guy figures it out, tries to tell people and they're they're pretty much they they kill him i think because yeah. they're uh, they, uh, they're pissed for that they told him the truth yeah or told him the truth so or not um, even that just uh something contrary to to what they hold to be a, a strong sure belief. yeah and so especially if we're talking about fauci here a little bit then if you think he's the one that's going to lead you through all this and you can't say anything bad about him to the yeah. point where, I mean, even the, the mainstream narrative is, is putting it up there. Like the ones who really criticize him the most are the ones that want to kill him, mm. which I find to be highly suspect. But, you know, I mean, all we're asking is for a fair trial. You know, Yeah, <laughs> yeah we want to see this man. Yeah, I, we don't we don't want to. I mean, but you know what I mean? Hanging that, is, a, is a part of his. Uh, sentence we'll we'll get there but you know yeah. we just want some some accountability but my point <laughs> being is that if you criticize them then you're also seen as is you projected upon as wanting to to harm somebody unnecessarily which it, when really you're just trying to point out a criticism yeah and people i've seen yeah, people I mean, get angry about criticizing fauci oh yeah yeah i, I we've, think we both uh, have, we've, i've yeah. seen that i've definitely seen that it's like a there's this attachment in it infantilization of people mm -hmm. who are it's like they don't want to be told santa claus isn't real like i i mean i don't i mean i kind of remember that being kind of a bummer when i was growing up but like mm -hmm. you know then you're like well i'm glad you told me like I, like what are you gonna do continue this into when i was a teenager like this is ridiculous <laughs> like i need to know 
Uh, most sane people don't like. Why did you tell me that Santa was real? Yeah. Like Colin no, found out uh, Santa wasn't real in his thirteen-year-old philosophy class. <laughs> yeah. yeah what oh uh, yeah, just you, you gotta keep up the lie idiot. forever or what's gonna go what's faces that? yeah, that's yeah it, you know and holding somebody to account even if that person like for instance I, I don't know if you've had the experience of finding out that um someone you like whether it was a artist musician a movie director ended up being like a really shitty person and you're like oh man that's that sucks like yeah i uh, shouldn't have turned them into a hero because they, they got exactly it. yeah yeah well, especially it's want... a guy who's been in the federal government for 40 years and no wonder no yeah. wonder he's got issues why don't i want to listen to their music anymore well it's because I, <laughs> I put them in a pedestal and it's unnecessarily and mm-hmm. they can't reach that pinnacle anymore so yeah i think of radiohead uh, a lot when i think of that no, interesting. I still love listening to them. Don't get me wrong. I do I just, too. I, it's it's just any, what, any particular reason or what? It just it's just the the narrative he's going on these you know American late night talk shows and oh, playing the yeah. game with these shitty hosts and yeah, with it just uh, seems uh, like Colbert everything and... he was against. Yeah, especially Colbert. Yeah. Yeah. Just... Well, that's you know, yeah. When he was on the Colbert Report back in the day, that was kind of funny because they're mocking it like radio it's sponsored by dr pepper like Stephen colbert actually had some good material back in the day. it's hard to even comprehend what he's become now but um not that i ever was like super bummed when that that happened but right right um but right yeah it's that's one that i i mean i saw i think johnny greenwood was wearing a mask when they were playing in a studio by themselves and i was just like oh, oh, damn it, Johnny. really oh. it's always the nerds Oh, nerds! Nerds. Okay, yeah. That's the, Do an episode the least on nerds. They are um, least loyal group. No, yeah, they'll sell you out because they're scared. Yeah, all you have to do is come along with something more nerdy than the last thing they were into, and you got them hooked. So uh, this is a this is an interesting one. Um, so this video, uh, he talks about Stockholm Syndrome in the first six minutes, the usual mm-hmm. stuff. He's got kind of a funny editing style, but uh, he brings in a real-world example, which I, I found uh, interesting. I, you know, I thought uh, might be worth listening to this. Stockholm Syndrome is very rare, but the underlying definition is scarily familiar. Some believe that we are all, as part of modern society, suffering from some form of it. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I agree, man. Totally, right? Hmm. The theory goes that we, the people of modern Western societies, have also been brutalized into submission by our own ruling classes. S- sounding, sounding pretty, uh, pretty accurate. Let's see where he goes with this. So much so that our relations to them are akin to a hostage with Stockholm Syndrome towards their captor. This seemed particularly evident in the most recent US presidential election. Even after Donald Trump harassed, threatened, insulted and intimidated certain people or groups like women, Mexicans, immigrants, Muslims, the disabled and members of the media, people from these groups still voted for him and continue to support him. 
a common hypothesis to explain the effect of Stockholm Trump syndrome <laughs> is based on Freudian theory. It suggests that a victim's ego identifies with Donald this Trump. This guy is uh, a Biden basement dweller, apparently. Yeah, but, totally. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Trump uh, Stockholm Syndrome. What did he say? Tr uh, Stockholm. Stockholm. Yeah. Not very memorable, huh? No. Stockholm Trump Stockholm Syndrome. Trump syndrome. Trump syndrome. Uh, was he trying to play on the Trump derangement syndrome? Cause... Possibly. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad we didn't get the Stockholm based on Trump. Yeah, yeah. yeah, sorry. It suggests that a victim's ego identifies with Donald Trump and decides to vote for him in order to not feel insulted by his nasty comments. In <sighs> nasty. Yeah, um, you're going to have to pull a little bit more out of your ass for that one. Yeah, sir. this guy's only saving grace is his camera lens. Yeah, <laughs> his, he does some really strange editing in this video. It's, it's, it's distracting yeah. in some ways, but yeah. gimmicky, yeah. Supporting Donald Trump, the victims cease to view him as a threat and their egos remain intact. <sighs> yeah, did you back that up with it? That's fine. You know, that's, so he, his... I think you're the only one, maybe not the only one who made that, but uh, you know, hey, that's that's the at least that's maybe that's a relevant case for the left to then. Oh, no, they don't. They don't <laughs> you got a comment that. down in there. Oh, oops! Yep, uh, I, I did. Yeah, that that is me down there. Uh, let me just look this up here. See how far we are into this. So I could one oh six. Okay, I'll black out. What's your, that? I'll I'll block out your name. <laughs> it's fine. It's whatever. I mean, you can. But I don't care. Um, so that's it. That's the uh, the left wing perspective. This is an interesting. Uh, I actually wouldn't mind watching more. Jason Whitlock. I don't know if you watch much of him, but because all my dad, uh, this really is relevant. Him. This is what's up. My dad's really into him. Oh, interesting. I think it, you know it's it's his version, you know, of of the uh, African American conservative that you know is kind of well used to be kind of a, a what should I say an anomaly back in the day. It just mm -hmm. wasn't. Mm -hmm. You didn't associate those two. Thanks to our lovely. Uh, bigoted media media know? yeah exactly because how yeah it kept thomas soul from ever uh, sure right you going know, anywhere let's just look That's at their skin sure. color not what they're saying which <laughs> can be inspiring yeah. you know yeah well they'll they call them you know the the porch uh name yeah. and the or the house you know yeah. they're the house Horrible. or the uh the coon like white people yeah, too, it's, saying it's that terrible yeah, white exactly i know they're appropriate <laughs> It's disgusting um but it relates to uh yeah it's a different perspective of stockholm syndrome a, li a little bit more uh like i think valid than the last video but let's listen to this guy okay i'm, I'm trying to think of i don't know who he is offhand um i just found this clip yeah on one hand you say this person is oppressing me and on the other hand you're saying i'm waiting for them to liberate me <laughs> we're talking about a state with a current governor doesn't know whether a picture from his medical school yearbook in which two men are present, one in blackface and the other in a Klan robe, he's not sure which guy he is. I think that was Ralph. And these was are the people Ralph? that want...
uh, Northam, the guy that just got booted out of Virginia, I think. Virginia. Pretty sure. Yeah. Pretty sure. I'm gonna lecture us on conservatives being racist. So yeah, you, you're, you're exactly right. We went from Barack Obama saying, yes, we can, to the Afrostocracy saying, no, we cannot. <laughs> and even according to their logic, they say that, that white people have oppressed black folks for 400 years. And when black people, particularly black men, stand up and say, look, guys, it's 2021. We need to get busy. We, we, can, we can do our own thing. We can manage our own families. We can manage our own affairs. We have moral reasoning. We have mental capacity. We can do anything that anyone else can do. Their response is, sit down and shut up. We're waiting on white folk to save us. So, and that's why they seem so, so confused and always so upset. Because on one hand, you say, this person is oppressing me. And on the other hand, you're saying, I'm waiting for them to liberate me. That doesn't even make sense according to their logic. Which uh, is one of my biggest complaints with the narrative around a lot of the woke stuff is like you're, you're saying that but then you're also uh like you're the we're the both the abusers and the saviors like the people typically who promote that narrative tend to be like the laptop class liberal uh white elites yeah i was gonna say white like to virtue yeah like to virtue signal like to pretend like oh my god i i have benefited so much from white supremacy like I feel so bad because I'm, I have so much more privilege than you. And like, you know, just white, white people have just so much more like, so we are, you know, I, we're, we're really bad. And that's why we need to be the ones that help you. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wait, uh, what? That doesn't make sense. I think it was James Lindsay pointed out, like, this is how tone deaf these people are. Yeah. Where they're constantly promoting over and over and over that uh white elites the whole system is stacked against you and then two seconds later say and that's why black people have to take the shot first and they never connect the two as like gee but you just said that i shouldn't trust you because white supremacy is against me and like there's the whole tuskegee thing and everything else and but oh that but this is i'm first up because uh because you're correcting it i mean they don't see how you know, in a consistent logical framework, somebody might have some skepticism about their that person's intentions. Yeah, they're not. Yeah, that that bothers me the most too, because I don't think anybody that is wanting to liberate is looking for someone to liberate them. They want to liberate themselves. Right. Yeah. Whereas, sure. like, to say that, I mean, you're basically just subjugating again and repeating mm-hmm. the narrative that you're. As as the white laptop liberal here, you're you just re you're reaffirming the, the the stereotype that you seem to be against, which is that there's a certain class based on race that is inferior, which we all know is true. It's poor people that are <laughs> that does these people think are inferior. You know, these people meaning the ruling class. Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, but. It just that drives me crazy because where show me where in liberation history did people that were waiting and they were just waiting. I mean, that's the whole narrative of the Civil War. We're just waiting Mm -hmm. for the North to come and liberate us when that wasn't true. I mean, people had been liberating themselves from slavery prior to in many different ways, you know. Mm -hmm. Some worked their way out of it. Some bought their way out of it. Some escaped. 
you know it wasn't that they're because they couldn't wait on anybody else so to think mm-hmm. that you're the one gonna help people as a white li- a liberal <laughs> <laughs> coffee I shop. just learned the, la- the laptop <laughs> class I, yeah. I just added on the yeah the white liberal laptop yeah no I like it um because it's so true and uh you know they get their worldview through through a screen um and they they have the privilege of working from home when things shut down as right. opposed to the right. non-laptoppers right when you know then with all their privilege you know the the, the action that they should be doing is shutting the fuck up to yeah. Be yeah no kidding right why are you the ones guiding it right like oh and they're the ones they have all the signs out like oh thank you essential workers thank you heroes thank you delivery drivers oh lockdown is so hard but i'm i'm show i'm i'm howling i'm howling for the workers you remember that yeah and i've been those workers and nothing sucks more than being than having that pointed out to you constantly i know it's condescending as hell yeah although some people love it and play it up i have a friend who just won't stop talking about that how they're a hero because they work in healthcare it's just like okay that's so few yeah yeah great yeah man you're risking like yeah. Uh, how much do you have anything else going on in your life at this point i know that's a big part of it but like it's probably crafting i don't know <laughs> Just oh man you don't know how right you are uh, <laughs> that's, that's a stereotype it's, like, it's uh, <laughs> very easy to God be right damn it did you Woo, nail on the head there yeah. um yeah, let's continue but but really what's going on here and, and i and i touched on this in in, in another piece is the the country and particularly the black community is suffering from what I call Selma syndrome, which is a combination of the features of Stockholm syndrome and America's ugly racial history. And that history is real. And that's why the syndrome is so powerful because Democrats know they can invoke racism, white supremacy at any time as a tool of emotional manipulation and social control. And, and just like in Stockholm Syndrome, what, what happens after a period of time is the person or group that's been held captive starts to uh, have uh, a particular connection and bond to the person that's holding them. And, that re- and they uh, become bonded to them in, in such a way that they see their sort of existence as connected to their, their captor. And that's how you have people who you know, can be totally disrespected by the Democratic Party, no uh, desire to fulfill any part of the quote-unquote black agenda and then turn around and declare how loyal we are. Oh, we, we vote for the Democrats 90%. White women are the problem because half of them vote for Republicans and half vote for Democrats. Like, th- that doesn't make any sense. The, the party is not even trying to address our concerns. They know they can throw out reparations during the primaries, and they know you know, there, there'll be a Pavlovian response where, you know, people on The Breakfast Club and CNN and MSNBC and all the other networks start to say, wow, look, maybe maybe black folk can get reparations. But you fast forward a year and the administration is talking about giving reparations to people who entered the country illegally because they were separated from their children. <laughs> they have no intention. So true. So true. Right. And, and people like you and I, we can see this. But the, the Selma syndrome has such a grip Right, it it has such a grip on our on our collective psyche that it has uh, it has black folk, particularly on the black left, fighting against black people who say no, we can take responsibility for our own lives. 
No, and you are responsible for your children, yeah. for their welfare and their, and their well-being. But somehow, on the left, and particularly in, in the black community, um, you know, the, the, the government as an entity, we used to keep it down in the basement. We used to call him Uncle Sam. Uncle Sam is here to stay. He's staying for a little bit. He comes up every once in a while, you know, get something to eat, and you really stay out of the way. But Uncle Sam has slid into the master bedroom while, while Dad was away. And now he has a different relationship with the family. And now he says, no, I got you guys. Don't Look, Dad, he's not coming back. I, I made sure of that. I'm the daddy now. I'll take care of you. And too many black folk, men and women, have accepted that reality. Wow. Yeah, Uncle Sam's in the master bedroom. Yeah. Oof. Damn. Yeah, yeah, and he's he's and even if you're married to your wife, he's still you're still cucked by him. Right? Good Uncle God. Sam you know, Uncle Sam cucked you. Yeah. And uh you know <clears throat> this the Stockholm syndrome uh it it's I mean this next clip I, I don't even I, I really don't have words, which is why it's on Bishu, but uh <laughs> It really, I mean, I'll just let this play. I, yeah. I really, I, like I said, TikTok on BitChute. Let's play it. Yeah, yeah, right. This is this is the real internet now, baby. I feel incredibly sorry for him, um, but this is a perfect example of people being brainwashed and manipulated uh, with COVID, with everything going on, with the jab and all of that. Okay, this is a prime, perfect example of the brainwashing that has taken place, the propaganda that has been spewed forth, okay? Watch it, listen to it. it it's, it's almost, uh, it's shocking, right? It's mind boggling that there are people really like this right now. So take a listen. John Lewandowski never thought a trip to get his first Moderna vaccine in early March would end up with a trip to the hospital. But a severe reaction to the dose, including a swollen face and throat and constant hiccups, made for an unpleasant few days. I was isolated, couldn't see anyone, and I didn't know what was happening with my body. He planned on waiting four weeks to get uh. the second dose, but his doctor <laughs> told him to hold off. Now he says it's leaving him in medical limbo. To be told... No, we're not doing it. We can't do it. Doctors and pharmacies have turned him away. He's even reached out to the CDC Ugh. and the White House. It's been an emotional three months. Lewandowski wants the second shot, but he says it could cause his heart to stop. Like I'm setting myself up for an execution day, execution moment. What? And today I wrote a note. What's wrong with his voice? <laughs> And he's wearing uh, a Christian I'm setting necklace? myself up for an execution. <laughs> Why is he so uh, proudly promoting Christianity in this? I, you know, I mean, I, I mean, didn't, you know, <laughs> that's on the outside of a black shirt. That's kind of creepy. Interesting. Yeah. And who's wrong with this man? voice? I don't want to judge I, him. I don't know. It, it, this guy could be a crisis actor for all we know because uh. it's just so absurd, but it, it gets worse. To say goodbye to my family. Um, what to do with the money in my account, all this money that it's we think you know, makes us happy. And yeah. um, I never had a living will. 
but I wrote it out today because I was going to get vaccinated today and I didn't know if I was going to come out. For the what? year that 2020 was, what? 2021 brought even more heartbreak. Every day I wake up, I, I, I think about the moment of getting vaccinated and that freedom of taking my mask off and not having to cancel an event what? I had because of being fearful of getting COVID. And um, I'm scared. Robert Bradfield, First Coast News. He's so scared. he's willing, he's literally uh, like in stark contrast. If, you, if you've heard of all the doctors like, that's ah, fine. Just get it. You know, just get it. Like literally, uh, clearly this guy is at risk of dying. Like if enough doctors are saying that, I don't, you know, I've given it to a lot of people, but man, he shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> that probably means, Yeah. The doctors a lot of the time are not hesitant at all to give this shit to anybody, even if they've had prior reactions. So he's, but, he's trying to, he's mentally deranged. I don't know if it's because of COVID, but like. Uh, he will, clearly. I, I mean, he's he's trying to weigh his life between two different fears. The fear of dying no, and the fear of dying, I but know. from two different things. And then he's yeah. he's going with the one that's more plausible. More plausible, way more plausible. We'll see, and that gets into uh, the people have as i think as a result of the lockdowns people's risk reward ratio is completely out of whack yeah i don't want to laugh at him but yeah oh my god it's so i mean you almost have to because it's like the guy literally is crying because he's he said i'm setting my execution day (laughs) because he knows his doctors have said no you could you're like this is actually more of a risk to you than COVID, but yeah. I want to take my mask off and not have to cancel events. Like, I mean, at that point, don't you just say, just give them the shot. Right. I mean, or just tell like, them, take the mask choice, off. Right. Just like, like I believe in a person's right to die and where's to his admit that I'm setting my execution day. I feel terrible for his children. And his he doesn't wife. have a friend that goes over to his house and say, Hey, let's take our masks off and walk outside <gasps> yeah, for a minute, what? just for Come a minute. On, dude. We'll see. Uh, maybe You'll not. see. It's not that bad. Let's go for a walk in the woods without the Dude, these are the people these are the people who are the ones voting in that rasmussen poll about uh you know like girl i think they should take their kids if they don't get it right exactly okay. yeah that's Nature. that's this guy because he's like i i would do anything wow. like jesus man i would even die to take off my mask i will be mask free at my funeral <laughs> I mean, come on come on yeah open come casket on. for me baby <laughs> <laughs> a fight. I'm taking Damn, it off like, forever, baby. Dude, what was he? A helicopter pilot? What the fuck? No. What a life. Yeah, and but uh, you would think that that guy would be more like aware of the risks and you know, the, like his heart. And no, no, he's. I'm just saying, he flies helicopters or something, even planes, uh, small aircraft. That's amazing. And, right. And his yeah. life is well, so. Yeah, he, I mean, I, assuming that this guy, again, that this isn't just some fake news report. Uh, I mean, it is a real news report, but like this guy isn't fake right. somehow. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it just shows you that how susceptible smart people can be to this mind virus. Right, but if that's a uh, fake news report, what what's the angle to show people how dude, uh, valuable the vaccine I is? I don't know. Just that, like, maybe like look at how committed this guy is like he's willing to say that he's scheduling his execution day uh and well, here's another question like, then. so you can get it dude come on do do news reports know. even have to have an angle at this point 
Did, no. Do they can no, they just put out not. anything as long as it's no. confusing? No, it's just I mean, okay, think about it for people well, just think about it for people who are in the narrative. Okay. Because obviously everyone watching that news station is is like searching for that next appointment for the vaccine, right? Right. And you show a clip of this guy, like, oh man, I, I just remember I was so relieved and also very sick but uh not now i'm free like they everyone looked at it as their freedom day you know who are right. we're deep in the narrative and that goes and back to the little the little rewards you get the yeah little, exactly you yeah. can now you can go outside with no mask how they did it, if you're vaccinated yeah. i mean if the, it, think about it though if this guy is this committed he would totally totally be the type of guy who would get the second dose and then a couple weeks later end up putting the mask back on and like yeah. going back to his old ways like everyone else has yeah and probably um, do the same cry routine over the booster oh my god yeah we gotta look this guy yeah up do because... we know what happened to him i hope he's okay yeah what was his name again let's you can always uh what's this guy yeah who is he i just i hope he's okay going that there are people really like this right now. So take a listen. John Lewandowski. John Lewandowski? Or Joe? Wasn't, John Corey, Lewandowski. wasn't Corey Lewandowski? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, right? Part of the Trump campaign or something? What, what What's Corey Lewandowski? Who's that? Yeah. Uh-huh. He was the guy that got into it with that reporter. I think he, oh, shoved, yeah, he may yeah. have shoved her or nope. something. Nope. It was John, by the way. Yeah. Oh no. Oh, okay. I was like, obituary. No, <laughs> it was John, correct? Yeah. Let's look up vaccine. Oh. Hmm. We well, go to Ooh. go to John T. Lewandowski, executive assistant in Nutmeg. <laughs> right. Uh, I don't ever forget that. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, I don't. It's funny because I, I just typed in vaccine. I keep getting these obituaries, but they're old ones. Um, it Maybe it was. It could be Joanne. I doubt it. Uh, oh, here it is. Yep, John Lewandowski. Yes. Yeah, click and see. Let's see if they got any info on this. Okay, so let's Google that. 37 years old, and he acts like that. That's crazy. Look, I mean, he's double masked. The guy is legitimately there's with the Christian he's... Cross again. He really wants. I know. When was this in March? Published June. June. Okay. All right. Um... I guarantee he doesn't have kids. Okay. Well, let's. Oops. Yeah. Uh... Yeah. You, you <laughs> got you go. me subconsciously. You understand. There you go. That means um, he's gay. I think. Let's just see if we can find anything from that. There it goes. Took 17 weeks. That's from July 29th. Second one down. Oh. Update. Love love thy neighbor. Oh, here we go. 
While some companies are requiring its employees to get the vaccine, it is ultimately a personal decision. But this, this what is it, is it? Wow, you're a little behind the times, July 28th. Yeah. <laughs> when doctors tell you not to get the second dose after you've had a severe reaction to the first. That happened to one man who went against doctor's advice, <laughs> and he spoke exclusively with On Your Size, Robert Bradfield. It took 17 crazy, weeks, eh? but John mm -hmm. Lewandowski is fully vaccinated, taking this moment to revel in getting his second dose, which Probably he says doctors told him to forego because of a reaction to the first that sent him to the hospital. It was a calculated risk, but it was a risk I was willing to take. With the Delta variant becoming more widespread, Lewandowski made the choice to become fully vaccinated. It was a decision he doesn't regret. And I hope that we can all come together not only as a community, a state, country, world, but be together in this and help the people that can't get vaccinated. With support. That would have been you, response. dude. That was you. Yeah. That was you. Yeah. You're the guy. <laughs> <laughs> You're the guy who can't. Why? What's he He's got like, double hey, cards I'm there? Here. What is this? I'm here, got photos, kiss the guy. My Woo. Walgreens security officer and his supervisor. Hey, hey, uh, can we, uh, can we get that guy? Hey, hey, uh, can we get that guy the special batch? You know, the one, uh, the good stuff, the stuff that uh, we gave, uh, we gave Joe. I don't know, but I got a song for you. Song well. <laughs> After the pandemic. <laughs> John Lewandowski died. No, sorry. He's, he's alive. That's good. That's good. I knew he uh, would. I knew he would. Lewandowski got his second dose. It was too. It was too. I mean, it would have been too obvious if he died. But yeah, has had no adverse reactions. Yeah, exactly. He, like he got the good batch. Yeah. He now spends his time driving others to get oh, their doses. No. Oh. It was a long 17 weeks of my life, <sighs> but I'm happy if I can just change one life. That's all I want to do. 17 weeks? No. Some of his friends are in the hospital right now, and Lewandowski. With the vaccine? He says they are all unvaccinated. This man's getting it. He's paying it forward and hopes you do the same by protecting yourself and others. If it's not for yourself, Nike sign, just do it. Because there's nothing greater than than that love for thy neighbor. Robert Bradfield, First Coast News. You know, some Christians have taken that. Um, taking that pill of thinking that love thy neighbor means getting vaccinated. Um, uh, even though again, um, <laughs> that has, you know, it doesn't matter that, uh, loving your neighbor, uh, you know, it doesn't matter if you happen to take vitamin D cause it only impacts your health. Not like, I don't love my neighbor by taking my supplements every day. Gener generally, I love myself. Uh, mm -hmm. And you could say as a result, you know, I take care of, you know, myself in order to. Well, I think I'm, the, I'm good. Uh, I think the scripture is love thy neighbor as thyself. So, right. So maybe good. I don't. <laughs> so this guy clearly drives people now to vaccination appointments. Well, Probably maybe didn't love people himself. That, I mean, yeah. <laughs> This now this guy's religious, man. He I gambled don't... with his life. Yeah, and that's not that's not something to be proud of. But I've heard that from other people where they're literally you tell them about the 
the reactions and the risk. And they're like, but I want to do it for the greater good. Hmm. Like I wanted to like, I know you think that you're risking your potentially risking your life for the greater good, but it's actually just for you. That's the biggest irony of it. It's like, you don't even get that glory anymore. It's like, literally it's like, what did John think when he found out that like, Hey John, sorry, it didn't stop transmission. So it was really only for you. Like, did John take the booster yet? Like, I, I don't know. When you develop learned helplessness within people, you can then dictate how they're able to be helpful. There you go. Uh, there you go. Yeah. All right. Screw this guy, man. He's yeah. I, I was curious if anything else had happened. Uh, let's just, no. Well, let no, me know what you find. <laughs> yeah, I'll, uh, yeah. I can't handle him in his fake. I know. Um, so, <laughs> I did want to read. So, there are a couple articles I found relevant uh, to this point, and this is some random. Uh, the Free Press Journal in India, which I am not aware of, like where, who's got their uh, funding behind it and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Um. <clears throat> Oh, wait, what? This isn't right. Sorry. Uh, let me see here. So we'll have to develop a collective Stockholm syndrome to tackle the scourge oh, of wow. Corona. This is April 9th, 2021. Really? Oh, it was updated on. So I think originally it was like around the start of the pandemic. That's like that uh, article that came out recently about psyops being necessary to uh, <laughs> yeah, fight disinformation oh man Holy uh shit. so yeah it's almost like i you will own nothing and be happy i mean it's just like okay really yeah um okay let whoa, me whoa. See where yeah the start is living with it now psychologists and doctors yeah. dealing with a collective depression induced by the ongoing pandemic are seriously thinking of introducing and inculcating a fluid and <laughs> diluted form of Stockholm syndrome amongst the people. What does that even mean? I know. I know. I mean, oh, fluid is in like, it, yeah, you make, metaphor. it makes you seem like, Oh, are they going to inject a form of Stockholm syndrome? Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just diluted. You know, we, yeah. we mix it with the other thing much like fluid. Who uses those jam. words? Wow. Maybe lost in translation. I don't know. Yeah, true. It could be a uh, translation. Uh, so what psychologists mean, we must develop a feeling and outlook that we shall have to live with this pandemic for years, if not eternity. Yeah. Well, Once even up, accept- up there, sorry to cut you off, but it's, yeah, that's fine. it says it's not that the beleaguered mankind should fall oh, in love sure. with Corona with falling in, falling in love with the virus. Yeah, it's which is kind of revealing the plot a little bit because people fall in love with the idea of Corona in their own sick, twisted way because yeah. it, it gives them purpose or power. Uh, in some but places. It, yeah. I think this article is so so hilarious because in a in a roundabout way, I mean, this person is proving whether they realize it or not. Like, yeah, they probably had some awareness of this uh, as a a form. Like, this will help for one; it'll people will be under our control. But two it's like a, a useful way for them to tolerate this nonsense is to inculcate, you know, a diluted form of it. Right. Yeah. So once the acceptance, not a sense of fatalistic resignation 
Oh, it's not a sense of that. No. Uh-huh. Yeah. Cause Stockholm syndrome is a good thing. Uh, comes and grows among mankind. It'll be far easier to deal with this global health issue. So long as we resist and resent the issue seems to be a gigantic one in its gargantuan scope. Yeah. That is a little redundant. A little redundant yeah. That's very psychological. Yeah. There's some translation. <laughs> uh, the human mind tends to make peace with a tricky situation for survival. It's basic survival instinct. Once it makes peace with a seemingly insurmountable problem like COVID, it starts functioning in a natural, normal way. Does it really? It's like pessimism. When you get used to it, it's just as agreeable as optimism. Okay. Uh, in other words, we shall have to change the way we perceive Corona, accept it as part and parcel of human existence, and move on with life. Well, I don't think that's those are two very contradictory statements. Right now, Corona is being given unnecessary negative attention. We need to get accustomed to it in a normal way so that it loses its sting. Yeah. <laughs> You need to nor like, okay, yeah, I got a dick in my ass, but it's pretty normal now. I'm, I'm used to waddling around. Like, excuse me? No, that's not what you do. <laughs> Granted, who, who knows the free press in India? It's funny that I came upon this, but uh, here's an even, uh, okay, this is peak. And that's why I saved it for last awesome. because uh, you can't make this shit up. When I saw this, I was shocked that they still had this article up. You, you ever heard of Jezebel? Some woke outfit. I don't. I don't of know. Of course, it's woke. Yeah, I've heard it, of the Jezebel spirit. Yes, it, it's like part of some oh, network. AV Club, Deadspin, Gizmodo. You know. <clears throat> yeah. Help! I think I'm in love with Andrew Cuomo. Wow. This is March nineteenth, twenty. Yeah. Um, That's early. <clears throat> Wow. Okay. Okay. So a lot of this stuff is bullshit. It's just nonsense. Um, in this time of crisis with little concrete information available, I need Cuomo's measured bullying, his love of <laughs> circum circumventing the federal government, his sparring with increasingly competent city leadership. Not only that, but the less contact I have with other humans. Wow. The more I start to think of Andrew Cuomo as my only friend. Wow. I started laughing at his jokes. I catch myself touching my hair, not my face. When he talks about an increase in testing capacity, I swooned when he told a reporter he had his own workout routine and nipple piercings. Um, I it doesn't say that. Uh, I have watched a clip of him and brother Chris Cuomo bickering about their mother at least 20 times. I think I have a crush. Oh my God. It seems I've fallen victim to Stockholm no. syndrome, which, dude, it gets worse, which Marion Webster defines as the psychological tendency of a hostage to bond with, identify with, or sympathy, sympathize with his or her captor. Cuomo isn't holding me hostage so much as coronavirus is. I might how wrong you Right. But he is the only one telling me what to do, where I can and cannot go anywhere, who I cannot and cannot see everyone and who I cannot and can can and cannot listen to President Trump, Bill de Blasio, what I can and cannot eat anything but pasta. Each day he reinforces those rules. And though at first I ch chaffed, chaffed, chaffed its isolation. Now I know it's good for me. I'm being kept safe. He really cares. Wow. I have completely forgotten about his refusal to legalize marijuana or enact bail reform. I'm sure he's doing all this for my own good and for yours too. Should I not have voted for Cynthia Nixon? 
And now when I stream his presser on the governor's website every day around 11.30 a.m., complete with a PowerPoint presentation, I feel comforted. I feel alive. I feel protected. I feel butterflies. I texted my friend Dave, a local reporter, and someone I probably won't see in, a few, in person for a few months. I said, I, I think I love Andrew Cuomo. He says, uh, you have a deep sickness. It's not just me. Suddenly, everyone loves Andrew Cuomo. Ben Smith, the New York Times new media columnist, wrote a column this week headlined, Andrew Cuomo is the control freak we all need right now. Political ran a profile on him that digs into his past and present presidential aspirations. Reporters I trust and respect keep talking about this, how this is Cuomo's finest moment. And he's going to send grandma to nursing home. Uh, oh, wait, no, no. Uh, there's also some intense discussion online over whether or not Cuomo is hot. I say yes. Sandra Lee, please let me have him. What? I don't know who Sandra who Lee is. Who is Sandra Seriously. Lee? I don't Who's know. It's some fucking, some other lady that works at Jezebel. Wow. Uh, uh, this, and then there's this relevant uh, piece by gang stalking unionizer. What? At by your logic, strange. It's been less a full week, and I'm seeing horny posts about both Cuomo brothers calling on all to remain. He might actually be like, yeah. Be hey, hold on, real quick. Go for it. Oh, hold on. Certain. <laughs> Andrew Cuomo, dear, the nursing home crisis and the, uh, you know, like the sexual harassment, assault stuff, you still leave that up? I, I mean, I was, I actually was thinking about writing her personally and being like, um, have you connected any dots with that initial uh, insight into how you were act literally admitting to Stockholm Syndrome? And this guy who literally ended up being an abusive person and a, a, a monster and well, probably killed more people than were necessary. Uh, and everything she was describing, and not everything, but a lot, was like probably all the things that she hated about Trump. <laughs> no! You know what I mean? Like the bully and, you know, <sighs> the dear leader, the power. You know, they would mock people oh for thinking that like oh trump's dear leader or whatever the fuck you know like oh man it's so it's insanity to me i can't oh this is uh, in the the onion is in this uh the root oh man whatever this okay. outfit is it's, it's 
it's your beta booster uh daily i don't know yeah real bad life hacker real bad. <laughs> life hacker do everything better except oh, everything yeah so i know that was a lot of um stuff on well, kind of i thought it would be fun to just jump around on this topic because yeah, yeah. it's such a common theme that i see and outside of covid too but sure um, i mean covid is the most relevant example right now well yeah we're living in it so it's yeah it's in, in all things it's good that for this and i'm glad you jumped around on this because it's it's something that was just like kind of tossed around this term stockholm syndrome it's kind of tossed around to kind of explain things that you can't really explain or mm -hmm. you know maybe biases you know you have about certain people or situations but to kind of dive into it a little bit like this it just it really makes me wonder how people come out of it you know like what what are the right. what are the strategies for helping people with who or who have suffered from stockholm syndrome like what are the lasting effects of well, it so well this what you know i was looking this up because i was hoping to have a point you know like problem here's a solution um and a lot of so it's i, I mean i it feels i mean it's probably not unique but i didn't find a, most of it what i found was about personal relationships so that sure. someone's been yeah, abused sure. and so from those initial those first few videos they're saying you need to be around people who are supportive and who will accept your truth who aren't going to deny that you've been abused um, but the, the problem is, um, you know, getting somebody to admit that they're being abused, that's not like, in order for somebody to have put the pieces together, they would need to be like, aware that they're being abused and to put into like, then know what to do. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. I, I don't know, as an outsider, it's kind of the same predicament that we're in going back to the first episode on, on cults yeah where it's like as before how you get somebody out of cult of a cult is to remove them from that environment you yeah. can't remove somebody can't. from yeah. the environment when it's a global totalitarian cult um that's truly unprecedented so i think in in this way especially with how people have allowed themselves to be abused blame the victims yeah. uh you know it's 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 a different form similar to like somebody who's somebody who's has psychosis, like on an individual basis, um, you, you, there's some ways to deal with them. Um, but when a society is dealing with psychosis, that's a much more challenging because it's so ingrained in the culture and the people in power and the, the media and everything is reinforcing it as opposed to like, Hey, th that guy's like, that guy needs some help. It's mm -hmm. so much harder to diagnose and I think also treat on a mass scale. And I think that's, that's honestly my, probably my next point in research. And hopefully, uh, you know, we can do a part two on uh, figuring this out because I think it's such a, an important part of people realizing that they are uh, being abused and that, you know, this isn't, this isn't normal. This isn't some behavior from yeah. anybody. Yeah who actually cares about you um right and then also it's it, the healing part too where they have to feel safe so it's you know if let's say a lot of people do kind of come out of this at one time you know how 
how can we and other people like give them an like an environment to feel safe so they can heal you know because not, ev- not yeah. everybody around them is going to be the same way because there's a lot of people that burned a lot of bridges over this shit too you know oh, so yeah. there's the uh willingness to help isn't necessarily there and on a personal level i'm trying to come out of like well sorry sucker you know like yeah a little be- spite like not spite but just like dude no, like re- reciprocation like you want to yeah. you want to you know dog me or like people that i respect or just other human beings in general for decisions yeah. they make you want to shame uh-huh. and guilt them man fuck you but you know yeah, at totally. the same time it's like they they might be those people that are the victims as well and, and in a yeah, lot of cases I mean, they are the victims so this would be a, a question to ask uh maybe a jew that survived the holocaust or another ethnic group because that's not the only holocaust obviously but right yeah, um right. you know what what would you do in in retrospect uh in this situation what what would you have done differently in terms of calling out the people who are essentially the collaborators you know they're not necessarily the the ss or the ones you know doing all the executions but they're the ones who tolerate it and they're the ones who may still support it because their their leader is x y and z like in that society maybe you know and the comparison between that uh the Nazis in COVID, I think, I, I mean, there's definitely some overlap for sure, but for some people it's, 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 a, it's challenging one, but at the same time, it's like, what, what, uh, so assuming, you know, maybe we're living in 1933 Germany or 34 or whatever, like there's some stuff, uh, brewing and we feel it. And like, what are you supposed to do? to somebody who says who's trying to normalize and like oh it's not that bad yeah i mean we show our papers it's like no man i don't think you understand like this is not this is not normal and you're like on some level you see the crisis you are looking at the reading the tea leaves seeing the the uh the you know the comparison from other events in history and they're they're almost again kind of like gaslighting you denying your uh that's not happening no um to you know and similar like just just trying to uh just delegitimize what's going on and it's it's challenging because it's and frustrating to deal with people who are i mean we know somebody who is literally willing like loves the lock loved being locked down and openly admitted it like uh, kind of likes not having autonomy essentially likes not being independent just i mean I don't think they even realize what they're admitting to on a, on a deeper level about Stockholm syndrome, but pretty much openly admitting like, Oh, I, you know, I like this. And there's a predictability. It takes away some level of responsibility. Uh, It also allows you to just easily virtue signal into this uh, belief system because it's for the greater good. And a, a lot of people fall into that. And it's, it's frustrating because you know what you're saying, like, Jesus, man, like, yeah, you, you just, you've, in this hook clang and sinker and now you're kind of bringing everyone else down as a result it's not just your stockholm syndrome man like your syndrome is affecting my ability to do things and i i don't know it's it's tough because i mean some people are just in total denial like that dr phil video they are in total denial when you try and tell them like this is like literally i can show you the characteristics of abusive behavior and it checks every box of yeah, an abusive yeah, relationship. Yeah. Now you've seen that meme. It's like 16 things that you're doing. 
<clears throat> doing like that's uh what we're living through and they still deny it and that's that's the frustrating thing is like well at what point would you acknowledge that uh what's going on is not normal is not okay and is a problem um and i i don't know i mean those people it's the it's the riddle that i'm still trying to solve which is why in part i'm like i wanted to do this episode because i think uh it's it's affecting everyone like they're loving their captor is making them incentivized to build a you know bigger prison yeah you know because and they're the more that they give into it the more that they want to build a bigger prison for everyone to live in and everyone has to follow these rules because it's it saved my life even though i'm still in prison still terrified still wearing a mask still testing yada 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 um yeah and building bigger walls uh, yeah barriers against people that actually care about them i believe as well i know yeah and you're trying to you're trying to tell them and like they don't care and a part of me is really i mean I've kind of lost my patience and somewhat compassion for people who are in such denial. You Joe Biden just, now? You're just losing patience? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could say that. Well, that's, you know, that's what our dear leader does. He's, uh, I mean, what example do you have to go on? I mean, come on. What's that? I said, what example do you have to go on if I, if our leader is losing patience? I mean... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I'm losing patience because I'm being, you know, I'm you're being pushed into a corner as opposed to like you're lo- I'm losing patience, so I'm going to push you into a corner. You know, like I'm exactly. losing patience yeah. with the people no, pushing right. uh, like again, Joe Biden's trying to play victim like, "Oh, my patience is wearing thin." Like, yeah. gee, what leadership, Mr. Unity. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's Uh, it's hard to uh you know like what what do you need at this point that you're not getting that like you know especially this is the frustrating thing and this is uh you know a common thing that i see from the left is just it's blatant tolerance of contradiction everywhere and there's no attempt to resolve that and that that what we've seen with the covid narrative there's so i mean the contradiction like how much time do you have like we could do an entire series on this yeah i mean their logic want to their logic has been rewired to lead them to contradiction yeah it's all inverted contradiction is what guides their logic yeah uh, which is a contradiction without even knowing it i think i know it's it's literally it's this weird you know clown world is this covert uh multi-generational effort to just invert reality and logic I think as a way to confuse, so then people confuse order with chaos and then they, they crave more order, which creates actually more chaos for them to only, it's like some weird Hegelian, like intellectual death cycle that we're in where people are just there. I mean, at the same time, like that one guy uh, who's talking to Jason Whitlock um, was saying about, uh you know we're viewing them as both our captor and our savior like that doesn't make any sense right right. it's not and it's not insane to say hey we can take responsibility for ourselves yeah and the same inverted to white people is they're viewing themselves as the captor and the savior as well which is equally is is yes not more dangerous very dangerous because they're in, in the one hand 
I think there's a psychological trick that's going on for white liberals where it, they, because they do the virtue signaling and like, Oh, my white privilege, I'm so bad. I hate all the white people. It's absolving them of that guilt a little bit. So then that allow, it creates space for them to actually be like uh, somewhat predatory because, Oh, I no, I already, I'm doing the work, right. I've, I've checked my privilege. So that allow now, now I get to do the other work, mm. you know, mm-hmm. and uh, it's a convenient uh, way. And it's, it's the same thing with all the COVID stuff where that guy is literally willing to potentially kill himself for the greater good. That's insane. That's without crazy. any, without any, uh evidence that that's what it's actually doing Man. he didn't need it i mean he's willing to, i mean can you i'm sorry but how does that where's that guy's wife in this uh news report uh, i hope hello. she fucking breaks up with his ass <laughs> did you not did you not pick up on the cues? <laughs> oh i do okay yeah i know but let's just go on the assumption that okay. yeah <laughs> uh, but yeah i mean but i was just more saying like his wife's probably fucking furious with him for being an insane person yeah at least unless she's also equally insane like yeah but you know usually usually in those reports if the if the significant other supports them in that pursuit they're gonna by their side like oh my husband yes he's he could he could die but (laughs) we really need like she i my guess is that she's gonna break up with his ass because what the what the hell are you doing right Unless it's like you said, they're just a dynamic. Unless she's also in it, I don't know. Just didn't want to be on camera, but she wasn't in either news report, so it's like, wouldn't wouldn't that be relevant? Like, and that kind of what I joked about him being a crisis actor is like, wouldn't you want those shots with him and his kids? Like, hey, he made it, he's alive. Here's him with his wife, right? Right. Yeah. Celebrating instead, he's like the the neighborhood hero driving around everybody. Yeah, I know, dude. He's I. He could be a pharma spook for all we know. <laughs> I it's just, a good and, point. but it's, a, but, but then I don't know that why would pharma set up a guy who could die from their product? It's because they've got so much money and they don't know what to do with. And that's what happens. Oh, you you just, probably, yeah. You just like, come let's up just with, hire this crisis actor and spin it. I don't know. Yeah, but we got jobs to of, keep. They, at the end of the day, what people are going to internalize is like, man, this guy's really committed. I think I can make the appointment yeah and that was like in july and june and they were like we're not ready for the the children's campaign yet so i mean i just sorry can you imagine the guys he's driving around and they're like man you really committed to this like oh man yeah you gotta get the code vaccine i almost died for my first one <laughs> How, sorry, who is he convincing here like who, who's tagging not I think the two that he got on camera probably weren't told the story. Oh, uh, I, I mean, you would think that that guy would ask like, Hey, why are these guys following us around? Yeah. I'd be like, Hey, can you stop in here real quick? I want to get some cigarettes or something. Uh, and then just fucking run. Uh, I don't dude. I don't. There's so many things wrong with that story, but yeah, it, I think now. So a thing that I've noticed, you know, before we, uh, before we wrap on this is that like people early on in the pandemic, they they confused, and this is part, part of the inversion, but they confused like compliance with virtue and equally they confused, uh, being fearful, uh, and compliant with virtue Hmm. so Mm -hmm. that I think, we've kind of put stock in it, in it inadvertently and unconsciously put uh, Stockholm syndrome as a virtue. So, and it's you mean a, the virtue here is 
caring about other people. Like if yeah, I'm not well, scared in a roundabout that... way, but also just accepting accepting abusive conditions in, in the name of the greater good. So you're yeah. accepting the Stockholm syndrome and, and the abuse and the uh, inhumane conditions that all this uh, entails in order to, uh, you know, reach that greater good. Sure. Um, Which so I, I think the, you know. the greater good here is loving thy neighbor. Uh-huh. You know, and that's why I mean like caring about other people because all the whole virtuous signal on this whole deal, like you said, for the greater good for others. Uh huh. Yeah, that's I, always what the argument is. Yeah, I care about other people. And if you don't do the same things I do, then by my then inverted care. logic, you don't care. Yeah. Then you're the bad person, right? Yeah. Um, so it, it's, it's created a, a culture of like, uh, confusion and uh, like people are just are, are trapped like there's no there's no uh motivation for them to see outside of this because so much of greater uh society and culture at large has basically said like oh if you break out of that you know you're uh you're not a good person i mean but it's the, well, the you're an unknown. There. You're the, you're an unknown, yeah. and then we go back to the unknown being something to fear. Uh huh. You know, because that's how this all started. The virus was unknown. We didn't know anything about it. Therefore, be very afraid. And then, oh, by the way, the more you're scared, the more you care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's it's so funny. I don't know if you've noticed this, but people who are in the narrative and who are kind of confused about your position and kind of like give you some like basically insinuating that you're not taking this seriously because you're not doing X, Y, and Z. Right. And that they associate a, an attitude that's not uh, terrorized and in a state of hysteria as being um, careless, uncaring. Yeah. Like you, you're, you don't care. You don't care about grandma. It's like, no, I, I and you know, no matter how many times you're like, no, I care about grandma and the kids and all these other things, the substance abuse. What about like how the, it's going to affect like all, all those questions were mm. completely disregarded because we have to prevent the hot. It was all about the hospitals and the hospitals are always that stopgap mm. in people's minds. That's held over. And grandma, like the abuser holding grandma over your head, like you're going to kill her. You're going to break the hospital system on and on and on. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, they're all like, they, this is why it's why the arguments circle back as Jen Saki would say, it circles back mm-hmm. to, the hospitals, the greater, and it's because it's like, it's the uh, mental architecture of this mental prison it are those, those phrases that make you feel guilty, make you feel like despite your best interest, you must comply. And I mm-hmm. think at, the, at its heart, that's why the marketing campaign was so intense on you have to do this for your loved one, for your community, for your family, do it for your loved mm-hmm. one, your community, your All family. emotion, yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't, but it wasn't, it wasn't for you because if it was, if it was just for you as a rational, maybe young, healthy person, you might be like, well, maybe I don't want to take that risk. Um, But no, it's not for you, man. It's not for you. Like, oh, okay. Well, I guess if I'm like, you're being selfish by not taking it, which, you know, there's again, inverted logic it's all used to twist you into uh, not actually 
it has nothing to do with the greater good at all, but it's used to make you think that if you, you in order to be a virtuous person, you have to go against your instinct, exactly. your survival instinct. Exactly. You have to go against your logic, your reason, and just do it for the greater good. And that, and that, that is, is abusive behavior. It is. It's abusive and it's relative to narcissists. And going mm -hmm. back to my example of my previous employment with narcissists, was that uh, my instinct to handle stress is to be calm and to be calculated and to look at everything involved. And I was always, it was always used against me. You're not, you're lacking urgency in this situation. You're not freak because they're freaking out. High stress situation, high volume, you know, output in a warehouse setting. They're, everybody's freaking out and that that might be true to their personality and how they handle stress but because that's not for me i was always pointed out as as being the wrong or i'm not urgent i don't have enough urgency to be a good employee or to be a good person even sometimes mm. and it's just going just like what you said it's it's geared it's abusive behavior geared towards twisting you to go against your instincts yep and you know, I don't want to handle stressful. I mean, when I act with hysterics, I mean, you've seen me before. I It causes more stress. And it causes more problems for me. So my, my genuine default is to just be calm and collected. And I don't need all the emotional hysterics. But well, that's for me. Though. Yeah. You know, that's not for everybody. I get that. Fear's a response. Fear's a response. Sure. Well, but you're... What you're doing is uh, like it takes thought and action and like autonomy. To yeah, make I'm decision. actively uh, addressing my fears through right. strategy and, and you know. Yeah, it, well, you're not just caught in the in the fear loop. You're not caught in that emotional state right, that right. many people just stay in, and that perpetuates the Stockholm syndrome as opposed to. Wait, you know, let me let me break down some contradictions here. Um, I I just it, it always baffles me how using logic for some people is so terrifying, because they know that it, in you know inherently in their heart that something is not right, but they don't want to actually figure it out because they're attached to their own illogical worldview. Uh, it's comfort comforting to yeah, them. I was going to say whatever comfort state that they previously were in before the stressor that's that's like their homing mechanism they want to get back mm -hmm. to that as soon as possible and in a straight line yep and typically that is well it's different for everybody but logic is not all it's not always a straight line <laughs> you kind of have to maneuver around things intellectually well you also have to be willing to just keep an open mind Especially yeah, when a, the phrase, there's just so much we don't know. Well, it, do, do you realize in that statement that that also means it could go a lot better than what you're saying? Right, yeah. Because that phrase is always attached to the worst case scenario, what you call in mental health, like catastrophizing a yeah. situation. And there's never any room. Even when Omicron's super mild, it's a cold, well, there's, it, it don't wait yet. It could get worse. Like, that's literally in mental health. You're, you're, uh, you're the opposite of uh, a motivational speaker. You're the opposite of somebody who's motivating you to take action in a positive way. You're yeah. always encouraging fear like that's rational. And it's not. 
and to call it out as being irrational doesn't make you an immoral person just because that person is all sorts of irrational. Um, so, you know, dealing with mass, like, man, I thought it was only, I think I read a stat actually that said about uh, one stat was like around 30% of people are prone to developing Stockholm syndrome, which again, I thought that was interesting because according to the mass formations uh, theory, yeah. around 30% of people fall into it. Yeah. It's interesting. So, yeah. um, nice I'll have to find out where that where I read that. Um, for yeah, or look more that, into yeah, it because that's that's a nice parallel there. Yeah, I mean, what's the percentage of people that fall into it? Like, apparently, a lot more than what these guys are saying when it was rare. It's rare. Like, yeah, eh, yeah. doesn't seem that rare to me. No, it really doesn't. <laughs> not All in this evidence way. Points to not, but no. Yeah, maybe I mean, that's, that's how society's always been ran. It might be the a. a very interesting phenomenon that 30% of the population is, is prone to being unstable yeah. and therefore manipulate it, you know? Uh, yeah. And is that a, the, the deeper question is, is that a result of the uh, nature nurture behavioralism, the environment? I mean, all I don't of know. that together. I mean, it's, who knows? That's it, probably a combination that I sure. think, yeah. Uh, some people are just more prone to throwing logic out the window and uh, loving their captor. And, uh, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm looking to make people start seeing their captors as um, the bad guy because it, they, they are. Uh, and yeah. I'm not the bad guy for telling you that. No. So maybe you should, you know, look in the mirror and realize it's okay. I'm not saying you're dumb, I'm not saying you're stupid. I mean, sometimes I lose my temper and I do say that because it's like, sure. are you fucking kidding me? It's two years in. But generally, I, I want to, you know, like Adam Curry says, like, we got to love these people, bring them into, you know, hug, give them a hug because yeah, they've been definitely. abused. Yeah, uh, this goes just... back into like the first, for me anyway, where the first real realization I had when, you know, like researching, you know, world dominators, controllers, hidden agendas, whatever is you know a lot of people you know a lot of the comments is just like let's strangle them up kill them you know <laughs> but like the, the one thing you have to have empathy for these people even if they're the most evil i know because I know. W w how's it going to get better if yeah well it's the one day they're going to wake up one day they'll wake up it might be on their death realize the moments before and if death. not then if they go all the way then that's also a, a terrible fate because yeah um, exactly whether in this life or the next or they end up i mean you go full monster man how do you go back from that you know that's doesn't take that much as as we've witnessed over the last year and a half so two yeah years. yeah but but on that note let's uh i think we can call it i think so, um, so thanks for bringing this this topic and you know i'm excited to see where where it leads as far as you know how to heal yeah we I'm got a lot of threads in. to pull from uh, over all these uh episodes we've done so far so i think uh there's a lot of connections to be made and we'll just we'll keep diving into them yeah i'm still working on the on the q thing i feel like there's some, oh yeah some developing uh oh. material you know it's always developing so for me it's just when when do i cut it off but for the next episode, I think I want to bring some 
some NPR language. Okay. NPR language to our, Ooh, to our lives here. Yeah, I got a hate listen yeah. going on big time. So, <laughs> Oh, boy. Uh, in the meantime, I'll Look be working on that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you have a good night then. Yeah, you too. All right.